0: Amen.
1: Going on today for the heart and soul of America. And the right side must win. It's time for America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. On America Can We Talk, we talk truth about America and why it matters to you. America Can We Talk
0: starts now. Good evening and welcome. I'm Debbie George Addis. Thank you so very much for tuning in to America Can We Talk. And I want to jump right in and talk about tonight's first five. Many of you probably saw a story that was in the news over the last week involved two bicyclists in um, they were American students or they were young people they were twenty nine years old they happened to have been students at Georgetown, which is my where I went my, to law school, so I feel a little bit of an affinity there, but anyway, two Students who decided or they were adults. They were out of school. They decided to take a bicycle trip around uh, around around the world and uh, The places they touched on that they went to they actually were extremely adventurous and they shipped their bicycles This is starting in the summer of July in July of 2017 they were students, or they, were, they were not married yet, but they were 29 years old, they were a long-term you know, together couple, and they decided they wanted to, to uh, turn away from their boring life in Washington, D.C., and stuck in front of a computer screen and, and working at their desk, and see the world. A sentiment a lot of people have expressed, you know, when they're young, if they have the ability to do it, why not, let's go see the world. So they shipped their bicycles to South Africa to start with, and then they they started a blog too. Their blog was called Simply Cycling, and so they were they were telling people as they went along all the great stuff that they were doing um, in this um, this couple as they were zooming around in. Um, going through touring the world on their bicycles. They went to South Africa first. They made their way to Dar es Salaam. Um, And I've actually been there because I took a semester in Kenya. But leaving that aside, shipped the bicycles bicycles ahead, went to Europe, flew from there to Istanbul, Turkey, um, and then to the largest city in Kazakhstan. So they kept this trip up bicycling around the world. But what I want to capture about them and what I want to share with you is just it has to do with preserving this precious, extraordinary country is... The kind of sentiments they expressed in their blog contrasted with the real world. In their blog, uh, the, the uh, one couple of things I want to read to you that they had to say again is called "Simply Cycling." I don't know if it's still available online or not. But this was one of the uh, blog posts that the young, and by the way, this couple's names, I'm going to tell you their names, Jay Austin and Lauren Gogan, and they were, as I say, 29 years old, Bicycling around the world, been doing for over a year now. So this was one blog entry they put, and they're simply cycling. You read the papers, and you're led to believe that the world is a big, scary place. He, this is Jay Austin writing this, people, comma, The narrative goes, are not to be trusted. People are bad. People are evil. I don't buy it. Evil is a make-believe concept we've invented to deal with the complexities of fellow humans holding values and beliefs and perspectives different than our own. By and large, he goes on, humans are kind, Self-interested sometimes, myopic sometimes, but kind, generous, wonderful, and kind. No greater revelation has come from our journey than this. So he was writing about all the wonderful people they met and the the great people they ran into. Um, And he had one other entry. The last entry he did in his blog uh, was... um, uh, from July 11th, where they were cycling in the country of Kyrgyzstan, and he said, We coast into a gorgeous green valley. We freewheel past yurts and cows and little, not even how to pronounce the word, Kyrgyz kids, uh, and their enthusiastic waves. We pass a French cyclist coming in the other direction, stop to compare notes on road cycles, and ride on just a little longer. The reason I'm telling you about this young couple, two 29-year-olds, is that they, they unfortunately, on this trip, in their utopian worldview, in a sense, travel to the country of, I'm going to say the right name of this, because it's one of the uh, former Stan countries. Uh, it is Kyrgyzstan, I'm sorry if I don't say it correctly, uh, no, Tajikistan, Tajikistan, Tajikistan is where they were, and so they're riding along on their bicycles, you know, in their utopian worldview, two other cyclists with them, and just other people they had managed to run into were riding with, when a van filled uh, with ISIS people in this Tajikistan uh, went past them, turned around did a U-turn, deliberately plowed into them, ran them over, backed the truck over them again, jumped out, and started stabbing these cyclists. Sadly, both of these young people lost their lives in this attack by ISIS. And not only did they lose their lives in this attack, but the ISIS killers did a video point showing the the what they had done and bragging if you come to our country if you come to where we are this is what we will do it was a vicious pronouncement essentially saying that they um they were uh you know these people basically deserved it the, the woman in this couple, this lovely young couple, um, went as I say, went to Georgetown uh, She had actually majored in government, and she had as minors she had two language minors Arabic and um, spanish, I think it was and the uh, The boyfriend had gone summer school undergrad he'd gone gotten a graduate degree at Georgetown. And I raise this story to say this. You know, we talk a lot about the moral equivalency of all things. Well, this is part of what happened to this couple. They had no idea evil exists. That's what they said in their video. No idea evil exists. And because they didn't know that, they wandered into a country, now 90% Muslim, filled with ISIS people and then became victims. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit after the break some more, but I want to say, there is a consequence when you treat people and teach people these crazy ideas. I'm Debbie Georges, this is America Can We Talk. Come right back after our break.
2: The right to freedom of speech, to be who you are and to speak your mind is a foundational American value enshrined in the First Amendment to our Constitution. And nowhere is that value more important than on America's college campuses. But too often on our campuses, unpopular political opinions or religious beliefs are met with censorship or even violence instead of honest dialogue and discussion. And Texas colleges are no exception. Schools like the University of Texas at Austin, Sam Houston State University, and the University of North Texas all place burdensome restrictions on free speech. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, FIRE, fights back against the censors to defend liberty on America's college campuses. Does your college or alma mater uphold our most cherished American value of freedom of speech? Find out by visiting thefire.org and consider lending FIRE your support.
3: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dream. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit Army Scholarship Foundation.org and get involved today.
4: and helping them through their short-term struggles make a difference today and help serve america's military families visit operationhomefront.org that's Homefront.org.
5: do you dream of a better world one where poverty and hunger are a thing of the past what if you could make a real difference in the lives of those most in need the solution to poverty is not handouts but hope the freedom and opportunity to use one's talents and resources for good. At Five Talents, we empower the poor to start their own small businesses. Five Talents works in some of the most difficult places in the world. With $85, you can help a new entrepreneur escape from poverty and build a sustainable business that helps her whole family. Can you think of anywhere else your gift can work that effectively? When you walk with Five Talents, you bring opportunity to those most in need. Join us in demonstrating the greatness of American generosity. Visit five talents.org today to learn about the impact you can make. That's 5talents.org, fivetalents.org. F-I-V-E-Talents.org.
0: And welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I'm so happy you've tuned in. I'm happy if you're watching on Facebook Live. Hello. Thank you for doing that. Love talking with you every week. Um, I want to just on this Georgetown story, uh, these students, one more uh, thing about this. You know, we have in our country kind of praised ourselves and and a little bit of a, you know, kind of a, a snooty intellectual um, tone when we try to say that, you know, there are differences and, you know, differences in, in countries and people but were are all the same, we have embraced this idea of moral equivalency that simply says there's no reason in particular to assume that other people are bad, no reason to, uh, to have any sense of the, uh, the notion that safety and security in America are any different. It's the same everywhere. And we have truly failed to be, and, and honestly, been dishonest with the younger generation recognizing the threat presented by radical Islam in this world. We're so proud of ourselves to be sure we have a, you know, we have a multicultural, inclusive, who are we to say? We can't really. And so we have this, but this is what I'm getting at. This is a real consequence of that moral idiocy. It's just Moral idiocy, if you cannot say, these kids went to Georgetown, this girl studied government. You think sometime in there, or in the the guy's graduate program, someone, if they were discussing in any degree, international relations or, you know, uh, comparative cultures, someone might have said, you know, there's really a problem in the world today with radical Islam. Not all Muslims, but radical Islam. There's a big problem. And you should be really careful because they actually are not attacking people because we've provoked them. 9-11 didn't happen because we did bad things. 9-11 happened because it's part of a long, since the founding of Islam, ongoing uh, conquest ideology to attack people, and that is... The reason 9/11 happened is the reason today we're still fighting uh, in various uh, fronts around the world. I did, you know, we had good news about ISIS under President Trump. We had ISIS contained within Iraq and Syria, and so maybe we thought, okay, the JV team's been disabled. But actually, the country that where these precious young people lost their lives to Jekistan, and I'm not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but all of those, many of those stand countries have become Muslim majority now and have become uh, radicalized by ISIS. They have ISIS. Is danger everywhere. And the idea that we had these, this utopian mindset where these kids simply didn't even know, uh, didn't have the idea they could be at risk. I just, I think it's terribly sad. And it is, again, to point out, it's a consequence of the anti-American mindset that will just paint all religions, all people, all countries as moral equivalent when it's not true. They're not morally equivalent. And I'm, I'm just desperately sorry for these families, but I think the lesson I hope going forward is we ought to be more willing to teach children and college students and grad students the dangers the world presents and be willing to say, because the world presents these dangers, you need to be careful where you go. You might want to think twice. One of the girls, the young woman who lost her life One of her friends said, you know, actually, we were kind of wondering, why are they going there? That's very dangerous right now. But I just I I wanted to point out that I'm sorry about the story, but I think it's really important to point out what the consequence uh, is, the loss of truly innocent life. It's not okay. It's just not okay. Okay, before I get to my next story, I want to talk to you about what CNN pulled or attempted to pull uh, in the Manafort trial, Um, and that was a just a most brazen story. But before, I'm afraid I won't get to it, so I want to just quick take a moment. In tonight's show, here we are in the you know the dog days of August, August 18th, and um, we had the passing of a truly famous and wonderful American uh, performer singer Aretha Franklin passed along that passed away this week. She has entertained you know hundreds of thousands, and here she is to tell you about. I want to just play a little bit of her clip one yeah. Okay, I just love her. I want to play that part. That was was from that movie, The Blues Brothers. And you know, Aretha Franklin, she just, I mean, she mesmerized people. She was fabulous. She was a great singer. She filled in an an enormously uh, important and very last-minute musical performance. I think it was Luciano Pavarotti lost his voice or something she I mean she was she was a, a, a talent of, of the generation uh, you know of our century just so sorry for her passing grateful for her music okay now I want to turn this show America can we talk I'm Debbie Georgiatis. the show is America can we talk is dedicated to preserving this extraordinary country that is America And I want to talk about something CNN did this week and to be more precise CNN Washington Post Politico New York Times NBC Universal and Associated Press press all joined joined in a motion to, made to the judge who is overseeing the Manafort trial, the Manafort trial being the guy who worked for Trump and he's been accused of things that happened, you know, 10 or more years ago and the jury is out now, they're waiting to hear back from the jury, but those news outlets made a motion to the judge, they wanted to be given all of the jurors, the people making this decision, their full names and their home addresses, Okay. I, I, I mean, if you're not screaming, you should be. This is so outrageous. And I want to just, just uh, as a slight aside tell you, I sat on a jury um, in, in happened to be in Dallas. It was a capital murder case. And at the end, we convicted the guy who admitted he'd done it. He was he had a defense, which the jury did not um, agree was uh, warranted. But so it was a capital murder case. We finished that trial and the judge said, you know, the friends of the defendant are kind of upset, so we're gonna have a marshal walk, to, walk you to your car. You get in your car and you get out of the parking lot. And was very grateful, glad someone could do that. So the point is that no one serves on a jury Hoping that they'll have to answer hostile questions. It's not your job when you're on the jury. It's enough to be on a jury and do your job. But CNN is so malevolently, malevolently driven to destroy Donald Trump, and that's what this entire trial's about. This Manafort prosecution is about. It is about can we find a way to destroy this guy? So the these news outlets, CNN being the lead, you know, uh, attack dog, asked Judge Ellis. Can we have the full names and home addresses of the jurors? I, I mean, you think about what's happened to you. You watch on the news what Antifa does to Trump supporters. They attack, they beat up. They. I mean, when you look at the, the just assault mindset, living in America today uh, and and encouraged by people like Maxine Waters, encouraging people to attack Trump supporters. And then the CNN thinks they have the right to get the names and addresses of these jurors. And you know, those names and addresses will be out there on Twitter in a nanosecond with the entire left-wing mob in this country at the front door of those jurors' homes. So Judge Ellis Fortunately, showed the wisdom to say no. And in in explaining why he said no, he actually said he has been receiving death threats. A judge in a criminal prosecution, and this, by the way, this Manafort prosecution has nothing to do with Trump-Russia collusion, which there is no evidence of, but even if there were, nothing to do with Trump-Russia collusion. It has to do with trying to get Manafort bring him to his knees, so he will turn against Donald Trump. It's about business deals that happened years ago. Um, you know, I don't know what the jury is going to do, but this is a this is more of a persecution than a prosecution to start with. CNN is trying to pile on and get the jurors frightened of them. The judge said, "Look, you know, I'm getting threatened." He, the judge said, he has to be escorted by marshals from the courthouse to his hotel would not even divulge the hotel he's staying in because of the crazies in the American media that the American left, the media mob. This is an anti-American media mob running haywire running wild in our country and you have cnn thinking and they weren't even embarrassed it wasn't like they were you know trying to hack in and see if they could find the jurors names they made an open motion to the judge who said no way you can have these addresses are you are you crazy but i'll tell you a couple of things about the manafort trial i just you know i am a lawyer by background i think we we have on paper Our Constitution, our entire system of justice, our system of laws, the rule of law, most unique, extraordinary, exceptional, wonderful thing about America. It's a beautiful thing. In this case, we have Robert Mueller, the special prosecutor, supposed to find out, you know, there's any Trump-Russia collusion, can't find a darn thing. Now he's after Manafort. And Manafort, by the way, who was Trump's uh, campaign manager for whatever it was, two or three months or something, a short period of time, He's, being, he's the target because Mueller thinks that he's going to get Manafort to turn on Trump. So Manafort arrived at this trial and this situation of being prosec, uh, prosecuted or persecuted because the, the Mueller-designated team broke down the front door of his house, smashed the door in, middle of the night, scared the De out of his family. You'd think they were after a terrorist, but no, they're just after Manafort. And then when this trial, so he's now he's on trial, he's in solitary confinement in jail during this trial, 23 hours a day. This is what you do to crazy people. This is what you do to terrorists. But what I'm getting at is what you're seeing is the astonishing, almost impossible to describe anti-American left on attack, on steroids to destroy President Trump. And Manafort is just there, what they hope the next vehicle is. Folks, this is an outrage. It is a, is a true Uh, just just a major damage to the rule of law in America and we've got to do something more about that but I have to go off to a break so come back on Facebook Live come back in four minutes we'll be right back Hi, this is Debbie Georgiatis. If you are listening to America Can We Talk, you know that my show is dedicated to preserving the exceptional idea that is America. I want to take a minute to tell you what I mean by that. Unlike almost every other country on the planet, America's culture, our very identity, has nothing at all to do with ethnicity, race, or national origin. Instead, America is all about ideas, including the most basic idea that each of us, simply because We Were Born has the God-given right to live out our individual version of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness within the guardrails of the Constitution and our laws. Preserving this requires patriots in every American generation to grasp the importance of this truth, to recognize and fight back against the subtle and not-so-subtle relentless attacks on America's liberty, and to speak up for and defend the unique culture of American-style liberty. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org.
5: Texans have a long tradition of independence, and we don't like being told what to do, especially by liberal bureaucrats 1,000 miles away. That's why for 30 years, the Dallas-based Institute for Policy Innovation has fought Washington's efforts to take more of your money and freedom. IPI works every day to keep taxes low and freedom high Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today.
6: America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting.
0: Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm so very happy you've tuned in tonight. And this is Debbie George-Jazz, my America Can We Talk show. I want to take a moment to thank a couple of people to make the show possible. Uh, first of all, thank you to Greg Lindemood, who's arming the boards, working the boards in Irving, Texas, at the uh, usual Salem station where I do this show on six sixty a.m. Thank you so much here in um, Oxnard, California, where uh, Kevin Campbell is here, bringing us ice water because it's a little warm here in the studio. Thank him very much for helping me get this done here. And um, also, I need to thank the sponsor of our show. Uh, America Can We Talk would not be possible without the generosity of the GC Works, which is a Dallas-based Company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. I want to thank just and just grateful grateful to our listeners wherever you are. Love having you listen on Facebook Live. You can also listen on the six sixty AM app and on the stations we're on on Salem around the country. Okay, back to what I want to talk about. Um, so first of all, thank you for tuning in this show. I'm entirely dedicated to just I, I'm just on fire about the idea we have to preserve the country the extraordinary unique adventure in liberty experiment in liberty that is america and yes i think there is a um there is a uh, a lot of reasons we should be concerned if we we are about that concerned about that one thing i want to talk about is you probably saw this last week that i think was the boston globe led the charge but one of the big newspapers in the country led the charge to have 300, I think it's trying to be 301 newspapers around the country run editorials on the same day attacking President Trump, or from their worldview, how they see it is they ran these editorials uh, to make the argument in their words, journalists are not the enemy. And they're doing this because of how frequently when President Trump is making speeches or holding events, he makes comments about the biased media. And so the journalists are fighting back and saying, "You know, you need to stop saying this. is it dangerous. You could hurt. So, you know, someone could get hurt." I want to tell you, folks, this is this effort by those newspapers, by those journalists, to play victim, is outrageous. Their efforts to and, and even what they wrote is so manipulative, dishonest. I mean, they have been, you know, the media, I mean, everyone's known in America, and I think maybe around the world, media tends to tilt left. They're, they're left-wingers to one degree or another. Most media is. Okay, so we kind of know that. And, you know, Republicans and conservatives have complained about that. In fact, if you want to go way back to the early founding of America, people were talking about, and there are stories about that, I'm not right? going to tonight, but there are stories about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are people who will say the media is not being fair. The media, you know, misrepresent a situation by describing this but they left out this fact or they said this but didn't report the other i mean there's all sorts of ways that journalists can twist stories and in america as you may recall but i'll just remind you that in the um the press coverage related to president trump i mean this is the idea that the media is complaining that trump is pointing out to america that the media is biased I mean, this is the, the bully crying on the playground. Wait a minute, someone hit me back. This is what, this is bully media, left-wing media, complaining because someone's pointing out how left-wing they are. But I will remind you, about uh, the press coverage, uh, this was as measured by a Harvard study, the Harvard Kennedy School, the Shorenstein Center for Media, Politics, and Public Policy, admitted they analyzed press coverage of President Trump and said, at least on CNN and ABC Ninety-three percent negative. We're not talking about sixty forty. We're not talking, as they say, you know, between the forty-yard lines. We're talking about destruction media destroy the present media, and everyone is supposed to be quiet. Trump is Trump is being ridiculed for pointing it out, and this is, and you know, I'm gonna tell you the reason I say that this particular particular effort at putting all these editorials out was so dishonest in the actual content of the editorials in this country. I'm going to start with Boston Globe. For one thing, Boston Globe ran a, uh, they did a poll or they reported on a poll where they said, the, the report is titled How Americans View the Press. But the poll question they're reporting on is, President Trump should close down mainstream news outlets like CNN, Washington Post, and New York Times. So someone did a poll asking people, should President Trump shut down the CNN, Washington Post, and New York Times media outlets? Before I tell you the answer to the poll, let me remind you, President Trump never says that. He doesn't threaten the media. He doesn't try to shut them down. He doesn't say he'll do it. He just points out their bias. These people are running this poll story in their editorial to make the argument to the American people that somehow Trump is going to shut us down. And then they do the typical laying out statements by famous Americans from early on. We've always known we have to have media. You know, a a media, a free press is the hallmark of a free society, some John Adams quote. They have all sorts of of, uh, founders quotes talking about how important a free press is. No one's stopping the free press. This is what's so dishonest about it. They're acting like Trump is stopping them. What Trump is doing is pointing out how extremely biased they are. Okay, so yeah, one quote they had was from John... uh, No, that's not the right one. Yeah, John Adams. Another poll they ran... They, okay, so the answer in the first poll was, of course, that when people are given the chance to answer, they say, yeah, actually, you know, President Trump should close down mainstream outlets. Well, I mean, it was a stupid question because he's not trying to do that. And second of all, I'm sorry that anyone said yes, because really, I don't think the president, and he's not even talking about doing it, he should not be shutting down newspapers. And he's not talking about it. So I'm sorry that anyone, anyway, but yeah, as you might guess, more Republicans than Democrats said, you know, yeah, that he should, he should shut down uh, mainstream, um, some of these mainstream news outlets. Okay, next poll question they asked. The news media is the enemy of the American people. Well, yes, this is Trump's point. If you aren't adequately informing Americans, if you're just doing, you know, um, slash and burn coverage of everything Trump does, then yeah, you're the enemy. Of the presidency at least and you are the enemy of the people who want to be informed so naturally the the polling the news media is the enemy of the American people 48% of Republicans said yes folks that would have been true if I had to guess that would have been true before President Trump was elected most Republicans just dismiss a lot of mainstream media because they don't want to that they know they're being lied to this is why this radio show, other conservative talk radio shows, websites are good, because people can get their their views out there without being filtered and misrepresented by mainstream media. So that was the, um, uh, so that poll, I mean, I, I felt like with the, the uh, Boston Globe and the other uh, papers that ran editorials, they kind of proved Trump's point. Yeah, we can say whatever we want, and no one in America, in, most especially the president, is entitled to say that we're the enemy of the people. I mean, people don't have to agree with Trump, but he's allowed to say it. They're saying we can misrepresent, and you, Trump, can't say a darn word about it. This is why I think actually the Trump derangement system, uh, Trump derangement syndrome exists, because he doesn't back down. And it, the media is not used to someone who just won't back down. They, they can hardly believe themselves. Um, And another poll had uh, the president should have the authority to close news outlets engaged in bad behavior. Again, more Republicans than Democrats, although some Democrats like that one, too. Anyway, I want to turn to something else about the media. Really, really important story that uh, it isn't just CNN and New York Times and Washington Post. I always call them the Democrat media mob. But it's it's increasingly the social media. And I want to talk about this tonight because it's just breathtakingly important to understand the depth of the radical left wing leaning of most of the social media world, and when I say social media uh, I'm referring to you know YouTube and um, and Google and Twitter and Facebook these people control the news they control the news we're going to hit that in the next cycle we're gonna, next uh, segment tonight i'm going to talk to you more about what the latest social media things are but stop and think about how important this is you know 20 years ago 40 years ago a mer- 40 years ago people get a newspaper with their front door they read the newspaper if they were smart they might get two or three papers comp- compare views maybe 20 years ago they turned on a network television but now people actually go to places they go to google which is kind of their their access to the internet to say what's the truth about climate change What's the truth about the number of people at the border who are crossing the border? What's the truth about people go and they use Google as a search engine? There are other search engines. You don't have to use Google. But when Google is so left-wing that they are, they are directly uh, twisting your search results to, get, to drive you to liberal answers, you're really being deprived of the ability to find truth it is we 're going to talk in the next segment how they 've had uh, Dennis Prager, the just amazingly talented and um, you know just dedicated guy has Prager University. his video is getting shut down by YouTube, shut down by facebook and i 'm going to tell you a story I think is truly amazing uh, that has to do with Robert Spencer he is a an author in fact, I just bought his new book. I just got to deliver his new book but he 's a guy who 's pointing out the dangers of radical Islam and he has been, I mean, the attack that was done on him. And this was through social media, but really actually involved MasterCard, the credit card company. And folks, if we can't get truth from the media, we're really sunk. I'm Debbie George S. America Can We Talk. Come right back.
5: America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas, dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security, and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations, and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's Policy.org. Help IPI restore liberty and economic growth. Go to IPI.org today. That's IPI.org. One more time, go to IPI.org today.
3: The Army Scholarship Foundation offers one way to help military families by providing academic scholarships to children and spouses of soldiers. And you can help. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and consider making a tax-deductible donation to help a military family member pursue his or her educational dreams. Assisting military family members with their college education is a great way for all of us at home to say thank you to our military families for your service and sacrifice. Visit armyscholarshipfoundation.org and get involved today.
0: If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader and we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiades. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington, and unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America, and they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. Welcome back to America. Can we talk? I'm Debbie George Addis, and I'm so happy you've tuned in to America. Can we talk? You know, this show is just a, a blessing to me. I love the opportunity I have to talk with you each week, and I love hearing back from listeners. So uh, on Twitter, you can go to a Debbie. Can we talk? If you're watching this on Facebook live first, thanks for watching on Facebook live. We have conversations about all sorts of issues running in the comment section. Um, on Facebook, and we love having hearing from you. And we also, um, I love hearing from you by email. Um, people email me about a variety of things, or you should talk about this, or whatever they want to suggest. So I, I'm happy to have you do that. And my email related to radio is americacanwetalk at com. So you're more than welcome to do that. Love hearing from you. I think there should be a perpetual ongoing American political conversation about many issues facing this country, and part of the reason it's so important to have this is because of the astonishing efforts of the American left, or I should call them, as my friend said, the anti-American left, to silence conservative voices. And I want to put this social media silencing in a little bit of context before I share a couple of stories with you. Um, One is, you know, we've been talking about, and actually Americans have been talking about for decades, but it's gotten much, much worse in the last 10 or 12 years, which is the radical left-wing nature of most college professors and administrations and classes, the whole culture of Americans' college camp, America's college campuses, with a tiny number of exceptions. You know, there are conservative schools, very tiny, but for the large part, the uh, American academia, and it's not even just college, but it's down to high school. The curricula that children are learning is very left-wing. So we have left-wing, and I, it is, uh, in my view, censoring. When, for example. Colleges that are state colleges that are you know universities that are part of the state, when they indulge in the rioters, the protesters, they don't let conservatives come speak, so you have that massive segment of American society silenced by. The anti-American left, and that's what they are. What they are, what the left wing of America is pushing today, is simply anti-American. We need to stop pussyfooting around, and pretending there's some more polite word. It's anti-American. It's repression of free speech. So then you have that segment. You have the um, uh, the media, where you have the, the large outlets of, that are considered mainstream media, but they're not mainstream. But CNN, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, you know, Washington Post, New York Times. All leftists, all attacking, not just President Trump. Maybe, you know, he's not your favorite president. Not just President Trump, but attacking... All conservative views. I mean, there have been complaints uh, since, you know, for 20 years about how you can't get conservative views accurately portrayed in most of the newspapers and news outlets and television stations. So we have that hassle. So the little carve-out we have for conservatives to have a voice, to communicate their ideas, a, a lot of it is through talk radio, like we're doing right now, and then on social media. And by social media, I mean YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, You think how often, as mentioned before the break, you want to figure out, hey, what's the story? I don't know the story about what caused the California fires, for example. So you Google it and Google sends you to all the left wing, um, you know, this is being caused by climate change and mean evil corporations, all those answers. And you have to dig and dig to get to the point that actually informed people who have worked in forestry and forest maintenance for decades are saying, no, no, climate change has nothing to do with it. It's truly ridiculous policies that have not allowed us to maintain our forests safely, that attack people who want to do forest thinning or who want to do, I mean, controlled burns. So my point is, social media is a tiny place you have to go. And so what we now have happening on social media, I was going to read Trump's tweet first. No, I'm not. I'm not. First, I'm going to tell you a story about um, Candace Owen, whom I think is just amazing. This Candace Owen. She's been on the show before. She's a very outspoken conservative. And Candace Owen was actually one who, um, when the New York Times hired that, Sarah, and I, it's J-E-O-N-G, Jong, I think it is, but New York Times hired her to, uh, on their editorial board, and she is someone who has a history of years and years of racist, I hate white people, essentially, tweets. New York Times defended hiring her, saying, "So what? You know, she just did that to get back if people said mean things to her." Even though when you scroll down her page, you can't find those mean things, but she claims that's why she did that. So Candace Owens, a brilliant, outspoken, young, beautiful, young black woman in America, she is an outspoken uh, person saying, essentially, to uh, much of uh, to her to fellow her fellow black Americans. Stop agreeing with victims. Stop agreeing to just join the Democrat Party and vote Democrat because they tell you to. And her big pitch is think for yourself. So she's been advocating and really been effective in turning uh, more black Americans into at least listening to the arguments on the right. So she, Candace Owens, took the tweets that Sarah Jong, who works for New York Times, put out, anti-white tweets, and... What um, Candace Owens did was simply reverse the races in the tweets. She put, you know, she replaced black versus, versus white, so she's making herself sound like in these tweets that she is making racist tweets against blacks, and she got taken off of Twitter, not permanently, but temporarily. So I first want to have you just this is a, a clip I have, clip three. It's Candace Owens talking about the social media cut down, a meltdown, and shutdown of conservatives. Clip three.
1: It is a very real problem. I, as you guys know, was banned off of Twitter, but I also just got out of Facebook jail for seven days. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes, I didn't make any noise about that one, but there's, there's serious discrimination going on, political discrimination. They are trying to propel voices that are liberal, propel voices that are Democrat, and silence those that are conservative, especially those that support our great president, so. And I would say especially minority voices, but what exactly are they afraid of? What do you think? I mean, you're in this world. Well, well, they're realizing all of their worst fears, which is that they no longer can control the majority uh, with their lies and their aggressive rhetoric, and people are starting to wake up and understand that they have been duped and they have been lied to. I think for me, listen, I present a new perspective to the minority community. Black Americans, we're seeing the approval ratings for Donald Trump go up in that regard. 36% uh, the recent Rasmussen poll. So um, they don't like it. They feel that they're losing control and they are upping everything that they're doing to stop it.
0: Okay, folks, that was Candace Owens. She's just been a, a stellar shining light in the American political conversation over the last year. In fact, this interview you're we hearing uh, was on the one year anniversary of her having uh, gotten involved in social media. And she's very, uh, just, she's direct. She's engaging. She's honest. And she's become very respectful of and likes President Trump. And her point is that she's being effective in reaching black Americans. Now they have a Rasmussen poll saying, as she, as she was saying, 36 percent of black Americans now hold a positive view toward Donald Trump. And with the social media answer is to her. And to other people trying to make conservative arguments and remind of that joke, you know, when they say when you're in a dispute with someone who can't defend their position, what they end up saying is the, the joke is they say, shut up, she argued. I mean, that is the argument of the American left on so many points. That's the argument for taking people for punishing them on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube is essentially to say you have to shut up because we don't have an answer for what you're saying. We can't defend left-wing views. So our answer is, shut up. So I want to just tell you an amazing story. President Trump had a great tweet out, and I, don't want to, I may get time to read it at the end. But I don't want to do that right now because I want to tell you a story um, about a guy um, who's just been a more recent victim of this social media. I mean, Prager University stuff gets taken down all sorts of conservatives, but there's a guy named Robert Spencer, and he is an active, outspoken, uh, he's trying to raise awareness about the danger of radical Islam to America. He's an anti-jihad activist, which we all should be, frankly, all should be anti-jihad. I don't know who should be in favor of jihad except for the jihadists, but... Robert Spencer, um, is a, his new book, and I just got it, I said it's called The History of Jihad from Muhammad to ISIS. You know, hundreds and hundreds of pages, well-researched, footnoted. I mean, it tells a story of the conquest ideology of Islam from the time it was founded by Muhammad, up until now up until isis forming and it's just footnoted detailed and so it's a very very good book and he's very willing to say things and speak up when other media outlets are quiet so robert spencer uses a platform that a lot of conservatives use on youtube or maybe you can use it other ways, but I've seen it used on YouTube YouTube called Patreon. Patreon is just it's a membership platform. It provides uh, business tools for creators, for people, for individuals to run a subscription content service to make it make. Long story short, you put your videos up on YouTube, and you can use Patreon to say, "Hey, if you like what I'm saying, please donate to me because." no one's paying me i'm doing this out of my love of country love of freedom love of america i could use some help and so people who are you know who are not paid by mainstream media they don't have a job in conservative media they're just voices out there use patreon and he had a patreon account on his youtube channel here's the email he got this was an email he got from patreon hi my name is april i'm on the trust and safety team here at patreon i've been notified by mastercard MasterCard, the credit card company, that we must remove your account from Patreon effective immediately. MasterCard has a stricter set of rules and regulations than uh, Patreon, and they reserve the right to not offer their services to accounts of their choosing. This is in line with their terms of service, which means it's something we have to comply with. Comply by. I've paid out your remaining creator balance to you via direct deposit. Sorry for the inconvenience and frustration this might cause. So patreon was a, being used by this conservative blogger or conservative speaker activist to get his message out and mastercard who's somehow affiliated with patreon this guy robert spencer said i don't even have a mastercard account but his account was shut down because mastercard pa- contacted patreon said you can't let him talk or as they say shut up they argued This is the uh, several points to, to kind of wrap your head around as we think about this. If we don't have social media, if we don't have access to Google and access to YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, where is it conservatives are going to be able to hear their ideas and share their ideas? Robert Spencer is vilified, not because he lies, not because he makes things up, but because he reports things about the dangers of radical jihad in this world, he points out the networks in America that are dangerous to us. And there is a well-armed, well well-funded, deeply intentional effort by uh, radical Islam to shut people up who dare point out the danger to America. My guess is those types are the ones that got to the, ma- the board of MasterCard to say, hey, this guy's saying mean things about us and we don't like that. I'm telling you folks, these stories, you can read them and shake your head and say, doggone that, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and Google. But our desire... To be able, as a free country, to communicate with each other, to hear each other, to know what's happening in this country is dependent on a free access to social media. It's dependent on And so I don't know yet if there's some way that government can But There, there are ideas floating out there, but some way this government has to decide. This This censorship of conservative views must end. Debbie George S., America Can we Talk, come right back.